change to be the agents of change to fight the power to be the difference if you stand up for people speaking the truth you might be a change agent too Hey everybody, welcome to the Change Agents Comics and Social Issues Podcast, where we explore graphic novels that have something to say. Brought to you by Change Agents from Renegade Arts Entertainment, available now on Comixology. Fight the power, be the difference. I'm James Davidge, and I'm joined today by Karen Mills of the Alberta Advantage Podcast. Hi folks. Jason Memmel of Sage Theater and the Penciltown Podcast. Hey, everybody. And Stephanie Chan of Foam Armory and Smash Pages Comic News. Hello, hello. Every episode, we discuss a notable work of comic literature while considering its artistic merit and its ability to address our social concerns. And today, we're talking about Superman, Son of Kal-El, number one to six, by Tom Tyler and John Timms, published by DC Comics in 2021 in 2022. So often we start our episode with sharing a personal connection to the comic character or social issue featured. However, we all just shared about Superman back in episode eight when we discussed Superman smashes the clan. And just last episode, which featured Pass Me By Electric Vice, we all shared some personal thoughts about LGBT, LGBTQ plus representation. So this time we're going to jump right into a brief summary before we get into the nitty gritty of this series. And so with this summary, folks, there will be spoilers, so be warned there. And now, Superman Son of Kal-El is the first title to feature John Kent in the Superman role. John Kent was introduced in 2015 during the Convergence event as the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane from the pre-Flashpoint Earth. Flashpoint being another universe-changing crossover event. Over time, due to the popularity of the concept, the Lois Clark and John family became the primary version of Superman on the main Earth of the DC multiverse. Okay, who could actually keep track of that? Oh, well, let's move on. Um, (laughs) For the next few years, John Kent became Superboy and had many adventures with the Damian Wayne Robin, often being referred to as the Super Sons. He was also the main present day connection with the most recent version of the 31st century Legion of Superheroes. And then Superboy grew up and became Superman. The series Superman, Son of Kal-El has had six issues so far. In fact, I believe issue seven is coming out tomorrow. Um, the first issues had John try to establish how he is different from his father. The main motivation for John Kent as the first Superman to be born on Earth is to get more involved with the social and environmental problems of his home planet, essentially shifting Superman's purpose to fighting for truth, justice, and a better world. See you later, American way. It's fitting that one of the first problems John takes on is immigration. After rescuing some Gamoran refugees from drowning in the ocean, he he finds himself in confrontation with the federal authorities who want to imprison the refugees. John gets bailed out of prison by his father, 
who then reveals that he has to travel to the far end of the universe to deal with some cosmic badness and will be leaving John to be Earth's sole Superman. As well, throughout the first few issues, John gets to know Jay Nakamura, journalist for an online site called The Truth. John and Jay get closer as the series progresses. An old player, power player from the Wildstorm universe, Henry Bendix, is brought into the story as leader of the country Gamora and begins making moves against Superman and his family. The fifth issue made provocative headlines for featuring John and Jay kissing, this revealing that Superman is bisexual. The sixth issue brought Damian Wayne back into the story and showed his approval that his friend John had found someone that makes him happy. The sixth, the sixth issue ends with revealing that Jay's mom, former president of the country Gamora, is alive after being believed dead. This will bring Superman into further confrontation with Henry Bendix, who is experimenting with superpowers on his citizens. So uh, now we're going to dive right into discussing the social issues of this series. Any thoughts on uh, John Kent's emerging relationship with Jay Nakamura? Karen? Uh, for sure. <laughs> so this is something that you can't help see coming if you read anything about the series. And I admit I wasn't super familiar with it, no pun intended, uh, before uh, we set up to read it for the show. I would has have been following kind of the DC developments in the last few years. And I knew kind of the sons, like there were super sons with Batman and Superman's son were kind of taking over those mantles, which seemed to me like a pretty good idea because you can only like reinvent the original character so many times before it just becomes like unbelievable or untenable that they would change so much over like 80 years or whatever. So um, I was actually pleasantly surprised reading these six issues that it seems like a natural development for characters that I wasn't familiar with or hadn't met before and it just seemed to fit the story super well and I think that's what the writers clearly were going for that this would seem like a natural introduction or part of these characters instead of just made to grab headlines because I think that era is kind of over where it's like oh this such and such character is now gay or a person of color or whatever I mean it it shouldn't have been a thing that was like shocking to begin with but now I hope people are more familiar with taking the kind of superhero names and identities and kind of updating them and expanding them in interesting ways so that was what I thought so far cool thanks Stephanie, thoughts on John Kent's relationship with Jay Nakamura? Um, um, just touching a little bit about the, uh, on what Karen brought up, which is the uh, media and fan kind of reactions. Um, something I found really interesting, like in a retrospective way, was when it was first announced that um, Superman had a son and then, and then he's going to be Superman and whatever. There was actually not... In the, in the grand scheme of things, there wasn't a lot of noise about that. I know DC kind of pushed it, but in general, there wasn't any kind of super hype or super excitement or whatever I like, like, it, like about it. But then um, I think once uh, we found out about his sexuality and his growing relationship with John, and if you're reading the series from the beginning, um, I would just like to add that it was actually developed in such a sweet way. Um, that's what was made it so, it was so nice. It wasn't like, 
like something that came out in anger or something that came out in the middle of a fight for some reason, hit, hit North Star. But, um, <laughs> but um, it was done in just in such a nice, tender, realistic way that it's just yeah, so natural in the whole story. But even though it's natural in the story, and even though Jonathan Kent as super Superman is not really like making a lot of noise, all of a sudden it was making a lot of noise because of their little kiss that they shared and the, and the reveal. So obviously, as much as we wish that we want uh, things to go forward and progress where it's not a big deal, we're not quite there yet. Okay, good thoughts there. Yeah, just to jump on that, I felt that that moment, like, it was pretty successful. It's very hard to do kind of romance of any two people in comics or stories in general, and I thought it felt very real on that couch there. Um, Jason, thoughts on John Kent's emerging relationship with Jay? Nakamura. Well, this just might be my cold black heart, uh, but <laughs> I always um, love it. <laughs> but I, it didn't feel earned to me. Mm. Um, it it felt like a moment that uh, had been decided editorially, and then was the characters were sort of generally maneuvered into a position that made general sense. But um, like when the kiss happened, I remember kind of I flipped back a few pages, and I was like. Was there even anything that made it seem like these two characters were deepening emotionally together in any way? Like right. he's uh, um, uh, Superman is going through like some the stress of his superpowers going out of control. He is trying to interact with the world in a more you know holistic way, and um, Jay's uh, uh, his own history and his his experiences are directly connected to that. But these two like people have not had a, an emotional connection together yet, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, like through through any sense of like, oh, wow, we think the same way or we feel the same way about a thing, you know. Um, yeah. uh, so to me, the kiss kind of uh, uh, emotionally, like to track it emotionally came out of nowhere. Right. Um, uh, it it didn't. Um, yeah. So like it in that in that respect, I think like I appreciated that it happened because i want comics to go in that direction and it's particularly big two superhero comics but i wish it could have gone there in a way that that i think would have greater resonance than like i think the drama that's happening outside the book is yeah. more dramatic than the drama that caused the kiss in the book if that makes right. sense all and i would rather the other way around <laughs> i'd rather it was such a natural progression that we that the kiss just like we're all like of course you know yeah 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 like maybe you know a few more a bit more will they won't they kind of tension or whatever it is so it, yeah they just didn't get drawn out long enough um yeah like they, they were rushing it so that um yeah like i the the the, the closest i could trade <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we got to get it in with the first trade and like it it feels like um like kind of going back through the arcs i think there's a great maybe there's a sense that like um, Jay is maybe looking at Superman with like attraction and maybe there's like a sense that they're both kind of looking at each other with attraction maybe I could buy that but also they're both like I mean they're both being drawn as very attractive people so that itself in and of itself doesn't sort of seem to convey a sense of romance you know um, uh, yeah so I, I think I was underwhelmed I think by the actual kiss uh the, the 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 gravity well of the kiss has more to do with the with the uh, um social groups that are upset about it than the actual smooch itself 
<laughs> Fair enough. Anyone want to uh, chime in about this? About the um, I don't even know how do you combine these names, Kentamura, or I don't know um, what, about the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the there's there's not even a, like a the, the, you can't like John and Jay like Joy. I don't know. Um, there's no Benefer kind of line. Yeah. I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> that in itself they should have done they should have thought of jay's name a little better to make it uh, <laughs> make them become a couple much uh much more trendier mm-hmm. oh, like, pardon? john john jay they're just oh what was it Superman. <laughs> what, what was that <laughs> Japerman. Japerman. Oh, there we go. Hmm. Hmm. No, we've, I don't think we have anything other than cute nicknames. There we go. I don't know. Well, I was thinking through the whole thing though. I've I've sat through many schlocky like hetero romances and comics, and like not everything needs to be like pass me by. Like the the depth and like mm-hmm. pace of that is not what most superhero month-to-month titles are and if something comes out of nowhere that just seems to be par for the course so mm-hmm. i'm not saying you're you know like that you can excuse that but in terms of other things i've seen it's like well it seems seems pretty good i don't know well, i liked it i mean you're right i mean and you, and you, interesting uh i guess contrast which is passing by electric vice which was very you know expanded on and, and really in, in, in a methodological way kind of explored kind of you know tensions and 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 you know when people kind of almost when they don't kiss kind of thing um mm-hmm. and, and and such things uh, but um but yeah it's interesting yeah it, it, can, so, I, can i can i admit right that, now but i still I feel like it's of... leaps and bounds oh sorry stephanie yeah go on <laughs> no i just want to say real quickly i will admit right now that i am sometimes guilty of the undramatic undeserved sudden kiss or something like that so it's just like oh hey <laughs> oops I certainly was in my twenties, but um, Fair enough. <laughs> so, and Stephanie, you're you're young at heart still. So, uh, <laughs> but um, I, I I maybe I just I I don't want to I know we want to keep going here. I no, do no, wanna, this is good. <laughs> I I guess I do want to acknowledge that um, uh, that yes, not every like <laughs> that there's a lot of like badly written romance on the hetero side. Which isn't maybe a reason why it's fine here, but it is like yeah. fair to be fair to be said. Yeah. But the other the other thing uh, I guess to say though is that like uh, at least the way that um, the rest of the story makes it ha- like you know like oh Robin's going uh, yeah like Damien I can tell you're happy this is great I'm really happy for you is that like it feels like they went from two people who didn't know each other to two people who've like been like connected through this you know superhero problem to like they're a couple um and without me having any sense like other than maybe both of them kind of liking truth <laughs> you know what i mean like that's my my why i wish there was more like there's so many fan fiction writers out there who have shown you how you can probably within like two pages really develop somebody's emotional char- character arc because yeah. that's what they're here for you know <laughs> um right. that i it, i wished i would have had it here for for the amount of drama that the that the kiss is causing outside of the story right good points good points everyone all right now let's look at another element of this story which is john kent's decision to take social issues like immigration on more directly than his father usually does what are your thoughts there okay going right back to you jason 
Uh, I see we've got some maybe broader questions on this, so I'll, I'll maybe save some of those thoughts for that. But I think uh, it is it is interesting to me that um, they've decided, like they've kind of got going with this idea of Superman solving more problems, bigger problems, um, uh, and like through more of an activism basis. But it, what's, what's interesting to me is that they're all still fictional problems. He's all he's still addressing. Like the refugees aren't coming from any country we've heard of. It has to come from a fictional country right. run by someone else, um, uh, which that to me deflates, I think, the energy of the question that they're asking. Mm. Um, um, there is also something like one thing that I think is interesting is that when they decided that they needed Superman to solve world problems, the world problems, the, the analog for real world problems that they're using from other uh universe from from comics is wildstorm which before before it was even a dc property was a lot grimmer and grittier than what dc had been so it's interesting to me that they had to draw something from from arguably the image era of comics and characters that were generated from that period they had to draw from there as something that even felt vaguely real enough for superman to try to solve it as a problem um uh, so yeah, so I think like I was interested in that, but I feel like the, the, um, the inclination is sort of deflated by their inability to grapple with, with something that feels real, you know, that it, it has to be a supervillain that's causing the problems. Right. Fair point. Okay. Karen. I guess it's my turn to be so cynical and kind of echo yeah. what Jason was saying, because I I can't really square. And I know, we're, again, we're going to touch on this in a couple of other questions, but I can't really square the like Superman actually fixing world problems without it just devolving into like um, Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen or Homelander from The Boys, where he's just this yeah. kind of like tool of corporations and the government when they need him to be. So, I mean, this is a more hopeful vision than that. And it certainly does open up character development to see like John grapple with you know, what are the limits of what I can do? You know, can I tell the cops not to arrest people because I'll melt the handcuffs or whatever, or the cops just always going to do what, what they're set up to do. Uh, but I, yeah, I do think that has interesting storytelling uh, potential. And I did find a number of points that I was more impressed than I was expecting to be in this run of comics that they're like, okay, here's an analogy for like forest fires or Grenfell or refugees, even if it has like a fictional kind of cause, or I think what uh, John says is the spark, like there's always in the heart of the problem, there's something that he can fix. Whereas in real life, you can, <laughs> you can't fix all of humanity and all of uh, everyone's problems. But uh, I, points for them trying to get there and mm -hmm. uh i i'd be interested in reading more which is always what you want from monthly comics i think so well there you go and the next one well yeah the, the next problem they take on i believe according to the cover at least is climate change and so oh, yeah and i don't <laughs> think they have that being caused by like the weather wizard or something but I'm not. oh <laughs> thank god <laughs> yeah i feel like these are little like little fake outs yeah, in yeah. the first couple of 
issues, but they might become like leading up to like, oh, it was it was just this one guy this time. But in yeah. the future, it might not just be one guy. Maybe it's the oil industry. Maybe it's, you know, like the auto industry. Like those are certain things you can fix by like just bringing someone in, unfortunately, or yeah. at least not one person. So. Yeah. Yeah. Superman action comics number one being redone with Superman holding it up and putting on a a filter on the bottom of the car. <laughs> it's an EV car now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Stephanie, thoughts on John Kent's decision to take on uh, the world's issues? Um, actually, okay. One, I like the idea that he is taking on real world issues because it adds that bit of uh, these are these are the things that are actually happening if you read the notes or look outside the window or whatever. Um, but um, I'm not. I don't want if he's going to take on world issues like Karen. I don't want to see a big hoo ha ha with like some supervillain or stuff like that. What I do want to see though is Superboy, Superman, Superman attempt to take on these issues and then failing. Right. That's that's what that's that's exactly where I I want to see it to go, and it sounds almost like, well, why would you want to see that? Because that's the realistic way that it would go, kind of thing. So I'm not like I'm a little less cynical than Karen, where I don't think it's going to be like um, like the boys situation or Doctor Manhattan kind of thing. I realistically see him; he's going to take a bite, and it's too big of a bite that he can handle, mm -hmm. and in the end. Um, he, he can make a difference on a small scale, like rescuing a few people off the shores or something. But on the grand scheme of things, he cannot solve famine. He cannot solve um, racism. He cannot solve uh, war crimes and things like that. So, well, yeah, to clarify, it's like I, I have pretty much the same expectation for this series. But I think okay. if, if you go to the logical point of like superheroes solving world problems, they're just going to become what the united states is it's a smear mm. of like oh we're gonna fix all of the world's problems but they just make them all worse in my opinion so uh so you have to still recognize that it's a story and it's characters and it's not like a kind of like thought exercise and like what yeah. if this really really happened because that's not really that much fun so yeah all right good thoughts on everyone all right before we move kind of out of this story to other stories and, and thoughts um Anyone want to share any, any final thoughts on the story or the art? Um, and I'm just going to throw this out to anyone. It's all good if we move on. I know people seem keen to take on this next question. All right. Okay. We're going to move on then, folks. What broader potentials do you see in connecting superheroes and activism? Throwing that one at you, Stephanie. Um, let's see. First of all, I just thought it was interesting that um, the way you phrase the question as a uh, broader potentials, because the first thing I thought of when I read that is there's going to be various problems too. From whose perspective are these uh, oh. uh, potentials versus um, some sort of problem, right? Um, let's face it, even today with uh, everything that's going on in the world, we're very right now, like we're not agreeing on a lot of things <laughs> as a society and not like we ever have, but it's very much more prevalent now with uh, social media and just media in general and uh, a more connected world and realizing how small it really is. Mm -hmm. So um, um, at the same time, though, I think if there's certain messages that need to get out and uh, I, I think. Uh, just like the past superhero comics um, have done before, um, they, hopefully, like some of the readers might actually like like they'll they'll be interested in reading more about it, or um, at least like deep, digging deeper into the issues. I think the Green Arrow, Green Lantern 
Uh, Hard Traveling Heroes is a really good example of two characters with two different backgrounds and points of views um, dealing with real social situations and uh, realizing that, wow, there's, this is way deeper than we thought and there's much more uh, thinking and uh, depth that, than uh, we could imagine. Um, as it is right now, I find um, a lot of people are going to escapism without digging deeper into issues and taking basically taking headlines and then that's their position. Um, so I'm kind of hoping uh, if we can have more activism and more um, other like just political issues or social issues covered in fiction, um, it's something that will really get people to think and realize, no, wait, this is uh, something bigger than than what we, uh, what we were expecting. And this is something that I need to actually get on board with. Um, and just as an aside, though, there's also the cynical part of me where people, you know, as much as they rave about various things that has covered this, let's just say the Watchmen TV series. Brilliant. Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, um, have, did we really learn anything from it as a society? I, mm, <laughs> I think people still kind of treat it as fiction. So um, I don't really know the full answers for everything. But at the same time, I'm, I, I, you know, the optimist in me kind of hopes that, you know, when I was a kid, I read a lot of these comics with a lot of these issues and I was the most politically active kid and news up, uptake kid in my class. Um, right. So I'm hoping there's always those other kids out there. Yes. Okay, very cool. Thank you. Jason, um, broader potentials that you might see in connecting superheroes and activism. I think uh, uh, like Stephanie's point there about being, especially being a kid, like a lot of this um, superheroes are either good for the young good for the nostalgic for their youth <laughs> um uh that's kind of the, the the two main demographics they if you don't if you don't have nostalgia for them and you're not young it's harder to get into them i find and harder to present them to to folks who don't have a basis for for superhero uh i take that back the Marvel I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna push back on that just quickly jason because yeah. i think that's shifting just due to saturation like yeah and i would just observe after like you know i've been at my school 15 years I mm -hmm. couldn't have talked to people 15 years ago about Watchmen, the TV show, or yeah. the number of colleagues I have that are into Titans, you know, and they've yeah. never read anything. So I think it's shifting. I do think it's shifting. You know, and yeah. even as I said it, I was like, maybe this is a maybe this is a hot take that I should just pull back on a bit. Oh, um, but give me an excuse to 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 yeah. <laughs> well, or I guess so where I was kind of going uh, before I derailed myself was I think that um, like Stephanie's point that like uh, reading superheroes, especially superheroes who did want to cha help change the world might help uh, inspire people to want to change the world. Like there, there is a, there is an inspirational direction I think that superheroes can have at their best mm -hmm. that I think a lot of uh, sci-fi and fantasy can also have at their best. Um uh, because uh, there is that sense of like, oh, this is like, I'm watching interesting people solve problems that make me now want to feel like I can solve problems. Um, um, that is, a, I think not everybody who reads superheroes becomes progressive, but but I think there is a fair amount of that that flow. And so that's, I think, a, a general positive. And I think maybe even with... Um, with uh, uh, with something like like so, for example, I have haven't not read the issues yet, but maybe if these issues involving climate change, uh, assuming there isn't Weather Wizard or Carbon Man or something like that involved, um, that if we get a sense that um, uh, that there is a like that there is some interaction with what the real issues of climate change are, 
that maybe a, a young reader or a even just a general reader might be like, okay, I'm interested. I'm curious. I know a little bit more about this issue than I did. And I got it while, while getting my adventure, my fantasy. I think, I think in it, John Kent's going to team up with divestment girl. I, divestment girl. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> I was like, is that the real synopsis? No, but it, it's, no, but it it's, should be, should be. Well, <laughs> and I mean, here's the thing. And this no, is a no bit, tomorrow. This is kind of my critique again of the first six issues is that I could have believed you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that might, yeah, maybe it comes up on issue 13. You know, I was, um, yeah. <laughs> I was the prophet. All right. Excellent thoughts. Karen, broader potentials that you might see in connecting superheroes and activism. Oh, uh, yeah. Again, as is often the case on the show, I would uh, <laughs> echo <laughs> uh, my colleagues here because I, I think there's definitely potential for storytelling, but I don't want to get carried away with like what kind of creative culture can do in terms of like spurring social action. I mean, it certainly can be the case where individuals can in be inspired to action, but I think in most cases, it's kind of a reaction to culture and political developments rather than kind of the impetus of them. So it's it's nice to read about and see, but I, I can't think it's going to be like lead to a great deal of social change. I'm, I'm waiting to be proven wrong. If super, Superman was the answer the whole time, I'll be over the moon, but I, I don't think so. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. Just as hearing people talk, I was trying to think of some specific ones, and it, you know, it'd be interesting, to, you know, to see, well, you know, what happens when maybe a super virus comes in that they have to deal with. Like you say, there's. I'm not sure whether it's wrong when we talk about kind of having the issues kind of be, um, I guess, you know, becoming metaphors when when the immigrants are from, un, you know, fictional countries, or when, or if it's a virus, it's not the coronavirus, but it's the cosmic virus i you know I, sometimes i think that sometimes creates a story that's that's like more eternal uh, when it's not super grounded in something specific but it will be interesting to see what um what happens you know for example when john kent takes on climate change and whether or not um i have a feeling just based on the cover once again is it's him and it's him and the young aquaman the new young aquaman um you know with a bunch of protesters so i think it is about i, I think what tom taylor um, Taylor's trying to do is connect Superman to current movements that are happening and young movements. And, um, and with, I'll, I'll agree, not with, not with always, um, you know, perfect results, but, but I, but I do, uh, respect the attempt. Um, all right. So, um, thanks everyone for all those thoughts. Um, any similar works to suggest, uh, Karen, you get to go first this time. Good. Uh, I feel like, again, <laughs> similar to the beginning of the episode, I, I might be out of queer and superhero books to recommend, which is a horrible situation for me. <laughs> like, I usually never stop talking about, uh, let me see. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be that. There's all, sort, there's, there's all sorts of... Like similar works? Or movies. Uh, well, if you don't oh, have movies. Uh, yeah, Man of Steel. That's a great movie. <laughs> Everybody loves it. <laughs> you should watch it again. <laughs> uh yeah I, I okay stephanie similar works to suggest um okay so i tried to find similar works that were somewhat different than stuff we've talked about already yeah. and um let's see one of them i i kind of decided to hook into the immigrant um aspect a little bit more uh there's one called uh, intertwined um it is about a basically um 
a superhero uh, or this boy's uncle uh, was murdered and then um, uh, the nephew inherited everything like the money and as well as his superhero identity and um, and there's a little bit of you know supernatural stuff involved with the uh, spirits of the earth kind of protecting him and and things like that but um but uh yeah there's a killer on the loose and uh that's what that one's a little bit about um there's also another one called uh pashmina um it is a about a teenage girl who um actually gets these uh powers and um she, like they're like magic powers and she can uh teleport herself and things like that it's actually very sweet um I believe it won some awards too. So that one's that one's a good one too. Sorry, what's that one called again? Uh Pashima. Pashima. Cool. Yeah. All right. Jason. Uh, so I'm going to get into a little bit of the, the, the comics history here of like the long tradition of, um, of, of superhero makers having to grapple with the fact that their characters have superpowers. Um, there's a lot of books where um, we, we, we've mentioned Watchmen, um, but, uh, but there's even other books by Alan Moore where the characters have to deal with the fact that they can basically save the world and why don't they? Um, uh, Miracle Man is a really good oh, example yeah. of this uh, uh, because at a certain point they just go, we're just going to solve everything. Like we're going to make sure every person, every human on the earth has enough food and water and like clothes and like everything. There's nobody wants for anything. We're going to get rid of any like war. We're just going to solve it all. Um, and there is a there is a point where like to kind of go back to why John Kent had to have uh, a fictional villain of uh, or a fictional country with fictional refugees is that be, like at a certain point you have to kind of you, you have to you have to sort of box in these superheroes inside their sort of whimsical world. Otherwise, uh, Otherwise, you're you're stuck by having to fundamentally change the world that they're in, um, if that makes sense. Like super superheroes need to have supervillains and need to have like secret identities, etc. They need to live in that world. Otherwise, it does kind of break down. You can't ask. You can't. And the, the uh, I guess where I'm kind of going here is that I feel like you can't ask for uh, continuing stories um, that have no end end date and and in which which nothing truly changes if uh, if you're also going to ask them to solve real problems, um, the uh, like I'm thinking of other uh, histories of this sort of like uh, Kingdom Come was essentially uh, DC's last real kick at answering this question. Yeah. Um, there was actually like um, th there's a there's a book out there. Uh, Elliot S. Magan was like a Superman writer who r had like this whole question, this big question he was asking of, does the world need a Superman? Um, yeah. Uh, there was also uh, what's the the Marvel one with the Squadron Supreme? It was that was, was just called Squadron Supreme. Yep. Um, and again, that was Mark Grunwald saying like, if these superheroes have the power to fi fix the world, they should just do that. Um, mm -hmm. And it always kind of goes down to the morality question of like, oh, but like, should they involve themselves? Shouldn't humans solve the problems for themselves? But then there's like, I'm sitting here going like, the way climate change is going, take it off our hands. Like, I'm not ethically pro. Uh, I don't have an ethical problem with somebody solving the fact that humanity might kill itself, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> there we go. Um, which is all to say that I think like, I'm fascinated by those questions, but I think I'm also really like, 
that's why I wouldn't be surprised if it was Carbon Man that was causing climate change in this new book, because <laughs> if they don't have a way to fictionally box it off, I don't know how they can, how like ethically how the, how John Kent cannot just solve the problem because he can. There's nothing he can't do. Oh no, Carbon Man broke out of prison. Climate change is back. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, it went away. <laughs> Impressive. Good yeah. good call, DC Universe, to end that where it stand. Editorial decision. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, great thoughts, everyone. Um, or great uh, similar works that we, that we got to there. And then uh, the one I that I just pulled up out of my head was um, Tom Taylor, who is this? Uh, who is an upcoming writer at DC Comics? Has done some interesting stuff. His other solo series uh, that he started is actually getting better reviews, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. And that's Nightwing, and it's got a similar um, vibe. One, I would say, he's kind of got the the personality of Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon established. Um, and as far as a relationship, maybe um, more playful uh, than 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 what he tried to achieve here with with. Uh, John and Jay um so he's doing a good job there um dealing with you know that one where there's 40 years of kind of will they won't they history but also um they got Dick Grayson in that one he's um he's kind of showing he's he's inherited Alfred's money so suddenly who turns out was also a billionaire which I don't fully understand but um and um and he's showing up to Bloodhaven uh ready to solve the city's problems so it's kind of this so i do think tom taylor comes at this with with it with it with kind of a pure intentive heart and 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 um and uh, and anyways i would say uh from a it's i would say nightwing is very strongly written um I, you know like as karen said i, I enjoyed uh superman son of kal-al and i will probably uh keep reading it mostly just to see how he takes on these social issues but then the nightwing series is um is very well written and very well, and I can't remember the artist right now, but the artist, it's some spectacular art. It's a very creative, um, lay, the way some of the stories have been told, some some good craftsmanship there. So I'll recommend that, Tom Taylor's Nightwing. Um, all right, anything else to share with what's going on with you? Start with Stephanie, where you at? Oh, uh, let's see, um, because of COVID restrictions and things like that, there's been a few shows that's been canceled, oh. so that's okay. Um, I'm just reassessing uh, where I'll be this year. I don't know yet. Um, it's Everything's up in the air, of course, and then, you know, the idea of traveling is not great. I don't want to be banned from a country accidentally or anything like that or not being able to get back in for some strange yeah, reason. Yeah. yeah, so those those two uh, things. Um, so we're just going to take it easy with the, the phone things and um, and just uh, just uh, pick away and uh, have some product releases coming up to announce. They're not quite ready yet. I don't have a schedule or anything, but um, things are pretty okay. And on the Smash Pages side, uh, we're looking at uh, revamping the, the site and uh, uh, just kind of giving it a, a kind of a, a bit of a, uh, a reboot kind of thing. I don't think I've uh, changed the layout of the site in like five years. So maybe it's time. Time to do something else with it. Sounds good. Jason? Uh, just rescheduling plays again and again because, yeah. of, uh, <laughs> because of Omicron and COVID in general. Yeah. So uh, not too much to note there. I'm working on a project where uh, Clem Martini's um, uh, own personal circumstances fictionalized and turned into a play called Cantata. 
about uh, caregiving in the in and uh, between things like uh, dementia and schizophrenia and things like that. Um, so that's that's being rescheduled maybe April. <laughs> so who knows? Okay. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of hacking away at some personal projects. Maybe I'll announce them here when there's more to say. But uh, yeah, that's it for me. That's good. Oh, yeah. oh before. Oh, ex- sorry, but I, while I have the stage for a second, though, I should say uh, we didn't actually talk too much about the art in this book. Oh yeah. I did. I did actually just want to call it out because I did think it was a beautiful book. Oh, there um, you go. Yeah, like I think the uh, uh, like I said, the characters are attractive. The action is well made. The the pages are like good storytelling. It's a, it flows really well. It's beautifully colored. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the person who colored it, but like it's uh, so. Um, I think maybe we jumped so quickly into discussing well it, the the positives and negatives of the book narratively that it, that I didn't I didn't I did want to I did, I did open up uh, I did open up opportunity to talk about story or art and nobody said anything. So. I forgot. Yeah, I, I felt like <laughs> I, I missed that opportunity. I just did. I didn't want to let it go. It was. It, it is. Yeah. It is. The art is really good. Good. Good descriptors yeah. there. Okay, Karen. Anything you'd like to share about the art? Or <laughs> about the art. I, I did. I kept thinking about the phrase bisexual lighting because that was a meme like a couple of years ago that oh, okay. if, if you use like uh, purples and blues and things in TV shows, that seems to indicate the character sexuality, obviously very, uh, oh, you know, okay. facetious. But I'm like, oh, there's a lot of that in this book. But oh, uh, as, as uh, James and uh, Jason mentioned, I... I super enjoyed the art but I think it was the reason I didn't say anything is because it was very much DC house style which is pretty diverse but still like you know okay the characters look like they would in a in a Superman book which is a high standard but it didn't seem especially remarkable so I didn't want to jump in on that but uh yeah do any merch or anything or uh well our our t-shirt shop was a success but it is uh closed for now so keep an eye out maybe we'll get some summer shirts or something in but uh mm-hmm. so we're we're finally i think on the verge of pivoting not pivoting because we'll be doing audio still as well but we'll be expanding into the video realm for oh, wow. uh yeah for advantage we already have a twitch stream but that tends to just be kind of live improv type stuff yeah. uh but one of our um kind of people in our podcast group which is quite extensive if you if you listen to the show uh he is a um instructor so actually much like yourself James uh, or actually not because he he would be at the college level so he's just doing zoom and video cameras for the last couple of years he's like well yeah. I can use these for creating video content as well for hobbies yeah. so yeah so uh yeah we're we're going to probably have some like edited YouTube videos coming up with kind of more topic topical news themes but with the same kind of analysis that you come to expect from the Alberta advantage so uh keep an eye out for that in the next couple months i might have some more personal projects to talk about later in the year but not at the moment so get excited for that (laughs) all right all right well thanks very much everyone and everybody as we come to a close i will mention one more time that this podcast is brought to you by change agents from renegade arts entertainment that's available now on comiXology written by me james davidge and illustrated by nick johnson The Change Agents feature a universe of superheroes that explore our social contract. Tune in next episode where we'll discuss Brought to Light by Alan Moore, Bill Sankiewicz, 
Joyce Brabner and Tom Yates. Should be a great conversation. Take care, everyone. Hi, we're all waving, but you can't see us. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Yeah, oh, good, good coordination there. <laughs> it's just like, that was terrible. <laughs>